Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
shocked today as police arrived to investigate two grisly murders. Police say the women's feet were sewn together at the bottom as she appears to be mere images of each other. When the candlelight began to die down, the shadows grew wide and indistinct as they joined with a larger body of darkness that flooded the underchurch. And still I sat upon the stone floor, wondering. After the first night, the light completely passed away, leaving only my memory of candlelit spaces to illuminate the darkness. Though the blackness had become absolute, I could still feel the cold shadows of eighteen crosses pushing softly against the currents of flowing darkness, refusing to melt back into oblivion. When the second night came and went, I was still sitting upon the floor, losing myself in the cool stream of silence that poured from corpses and cold candle wax, from old books and dried blood. Interpreting silence was one of the first lessons my mother taught me. I was barely a child of four. In the middle of the night, during one of the fiercest thunderstorms I can recall, I was huddled in the corner of a room, wincing at the thunder. My mother knelt down beside me, placing her lips almost upon my ear, and whispered, It's not the thunder you should be listening to, but the silence it leaves behind. Before there was anything, there was silence, and after everything is gone, silence will remain. All that ever was, or could be, whispers its soul into the sound of silence. And the only thing you will ever need to do, to know anything at all, is listen to it. Under growing piles of aging quiet, I imagined the thing that held me in its sight, driving me onward. I conjured images of the shepherd with a red crook, standing tall and solemn upon a cresting and frothing wave of hungry wolves. Later I fantasized a secreted dark queen of murder, deep in her hive far below the earth. She wore a bloodied crown and held an ornate rusted knife in each of her many crimson-dripping hands. She was surrounded by a retinue of worker-killers, orchestrating the red business of murder. I smiled when I thought of her looking like my mother. But beyond my imaginings, I couldn't help but feel shameful, for I had brought an untimely end to a wonderful dreamer. A dreamer who had waged as fierce a war against the mother of the dead as myself. Yet, as before, I could feel purpose behind my actions. A grand scheme that moved within and without me, gathering strength beyond death, preparing. Whatever the reason behind my new calling, it grew all the more wonderful and terrible when I found small, familiar lists of names in the pockets of both the crucifier and the hunter he had slain. Yet most important and perplexing of all, my own name appeared on one of the lists. A familiar silence drifted down beside me, 
opened its lips almost to my ear and whispered, The wolves are coming, son. Before I left the church to the sinking death of its dying city, I nailed the crucifier to one of his own crosses, merging artist with art, preserving his legacy. I hoped he would be taken for one of his own victims, and while his lethal dream would cease, he would remain an unnamed monster forever. As for the new murder lists I discovered, I transferred the names that hadn't been crossed off to my own list. All except for my own name, of course. I noticed that the crucifiers list included names from the murdered hunters list, none of which were crossed off on the latter. I assumed I had unconsciously followed some kind of unspoken protocol. Soon I was traveling the haunted countryside, wandering the art galleries of forsaken places, where many artifacts of the great darkness of 1999 still stood, glowing with darkest mystery. In the distance, rising up from the mists of dawn and the green tresses of the wandering forest, I could see one of my favorite monuments, the Tower of Teeth. How many mouths had been plundered to make a structure that soared taller than skyscrapers? Of course, a closer analysis of the tower revealed that not all of the teeth were human, or even animal, but belonged to creatures that had yet to be discovered, living or dead anywhere upon the earth. More importantly, they were obviously not the carved or otherwise altered teeth of already known creatures, as some of the more foolish theories assert. If it isn't apparent to you already, I do not subscribe to the popular theory proffered by frightened scientists and other wardens of societal norms that the darkness was the effect of a one-of-a-kind silver event that drove us all temporarily insane. You and I awoke from the same dreams, and I know as certainly as you, it was no solar event. If ever this world had come under the reign of dreams, it was surely during the great darkness. It's just a pity that we do not remember what happened, as I am quite sure that missing year must contain some of my best work. I'm not one to devolve mystery into fact, but the game I was engaged in threatened my life in ways I had never imagined possible, as embarrassing as it is to admit. And I needed a fuller understanding of what was happening than was provided by dreams and murdered men. Thus, my next stop was a place I had only called upon once before. New Victoria. Given its past association with strange plagues of contagious nightmare, it's easy to see why I once found it a suitable place to visit. However, I can assure you that I was quickly and thoroughly disillusioned of any relationship I suspected my art in the city might have shared. Perhaps foolishly, I fear very few things. Yet, what I encountered in New Victoria inspired a feeling that surpassed any of the best descriptions of fear that I know. I was exposed to possible fates that extend far beyond the reach of any words to describe, and outstrip the dreadfulness of the darkest mytho-religious conception of damnation. 
while my memories of that horrific visit only carry back a hazy suggestion of blackest dreams, which burn and blister beyond the oldest darkness. It is more than enough to convince me that sometimes sleep is not worth the risk of dreaming. Unfortunately, New Victoria was the only place I knew my recent and apparently shared dreams might be given some useful interpretation. I knew of certain persons who dwelt there, somewhere between this world and some much darker place, and interacted with dreams as intimately and as completely as sculptors work clay. Given the level of wicked insight I achieved during my first stay within that awful city, I hoped I could safely and ever so briefly revisit it. I just needed to stay awake within its borders, or I might find myself eternally trapped within the alien dreams of wakeless, unspeakable things. I saw dust tumbling across the top of the forest and heard the asthmatic wheezing of an engine in need of repair. I emerged from the woods to see a rusted out shell of a bus heading towards me. It was crawling along a narrow stretch of dirt road that seemed to move randomly about the woodland as though it was looking for something. The man behind the grime-splattered windshield smiled at me and brought his groaning vehicle to a halt. The door to the bus opened and the man called out to me. Excuse me, pal, but I was wondering if you knew where I could find a decent garage. My jalopy is on its last legs, wouldn't you know? This is a new route to me, and I'm not quite up on the lay of the land. The man's eyes studied me, and I could feel an intense calculus burning between his ears, fast and lethal. He tried too hard not to stare at my father, who was sealed away in rags and protruding from my back. I held my response until my stare entered his blood and coursed through his body. My voice came out low and full of gravel, as it had been ages since I'd caused to use it. I placed my gaze within him, severing his concentration. I can fix your vehicle if you would be willing to bring me closer to my destination. I'm heading north. He tried to match my stare, but my eyes only devoured him whole. He winced and pretended to shield his eyes from the sun. After he regained himself, he accepted my offer. Well, that sounds about perfect to me. While you're working on the engine, I can uh, stretch my legs a bit. I've been wanting these back rows forever. I could use a walk and a cigarette. The man committed to his roots, which was perfectly fine. Should he attempt my murder, the innards of the dying bus were as fine a gallery as any I'd known. The area I was traveling was a notorious feeding ground for bandits and killers. The law was thin where the shadows of the great darkness were thick. The darkness was delightful enough, but the murderer was a pleasant and predictable distraction. The three of us here at Maltopia want to thank you once again for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to see how we visualize the world of Maltopia, you can view our artwork on Instagram and our YouTube channel. And for the latest news and updates, give us a follow on Twitter and Facebook. To read a growing selection of our dark fiction, be sure to check out Maltopia.com. And lastly, we love nothing more than hearing from you, so we encourage you to leave a review of our podcast and give us your thoughts in the comments. Thanks again for listening. Hold up! 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.